Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host this evening as we try our very, very best to fill the Rangers-sized void in our lives as we're in the dreaded international break. So, but we're looking for a wee bit of support here. The listeners who are tuning in live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter, get your questions in, please. It's a live Q&A. Here to um, hopefully bail me out and answer the hard questions for me. I've got a, th- a wonderful panel of three guests and anything that's too difficult for me to answer, I'm going to put one of them on the spot. First of all, joining us from the continent, David T, how are you? Take yourself off mute, David. Wonderful start in the live pod. Yeah, you just have to spend spending five minutes telling us to put a go on to mute and <laughs> You should have told me not if we're getting to switch it off. Um, no, thanks. Uh, but, but, yeah, missing the, the 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 football. Who the heck invented international weekends? It should, shouldn't shouldn't be allowed. No, just uh, missing the Rangers. Not enough content anywhere. I know. Ah, oh, well, on. On the subject of content, you can now become a Gallant Few member for just one pound a month and get free uh, get additional content every day, including a daily news show. So a nice wee plug there. Um, we did have Chris Hampton who has conveniently fucked off as soon as I told, as soon as I mentioned that he's going to be getting some difficult questions for the listeners. But also joining us and making a trail tonight, Andy. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I don't know where Chris is going. Um... I can see a couple of those kind of sub appearances at the Legends game. People just pop it on and say hello and then fucking off to the bar somewhere. Um, but I am good, mate. I'm good, I. 
Good to have you on. Good to have you on. So a call to arms um, for the listeners who are who are watching live. Um, it's pretty much a blank canvas. It's unscripted. Get your questions in the comments. Um, it could be to do with the Legends game this weekend, Rangers in general this season, the upcoming summer transfer window, or just football in general, really. You you guys ask it and we'll work through as many as you can. Um, so, I please, as much as you can, that uh, would be much appreciated. So, Davey, while we wait for um, the listeners' um, questions coming in, we today is um, the the 28th anniversary of David Cooper passing away. So, also, you were lucky enough to, to see David Cooper there um, in, like, in the flesh. What was it, you know, what what's this day mean to you and what was it like seeing David Cooper? Well, yeah, unfortunately, the, the David Cooper was in a time when I had already moved abroad, so I, I didn't really see an awful lot of him. And the games I did see, uh, I mean, he was one of the, 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 the very last real dribblers of a ball. You, you, don't, you don't sort of get players in these days that could dribble the way he could dribble. The, the, the ball control that he had. It's everything. I suppose it's all because now that everything's at high speed, Wingers have got to be more sprinters than, uh, than, than than real ball players, and David Cooper was one of the last ones. And I think one of the the, the best uh, things I can say about him is uh, Rude Hullet, uh even had him in his best uh, ever eleven players. So I mean that that puts him high, quite high, in, in, in my my view, because I think Rude Hullet played against some some really good players. But no, David Cooper, and I think he'll always be remembered for the goal where he, where he put the ball over about uh, six Celtic players' uh, heads and then, and then put it into the net. So, but no, absolutely brilliant. Great guy. And just what a shame. He just he was taken away so early. Really terrible. Aye, it is an absolute iconic goal and as uh, we were speaking about earlier on before we went live, um, the word legend is bandied about um, too much but I think the, the impact that David Cooper's had for the the Rangers fans who watched him and, and the generation that followed after, um, he's, he's absolute Rangers royalty. Um, Chris, I'll come to you on this. Um, first of all, welcome back. Um, the listeners were they were disheartened to see you run away. Um, but just on David Cooper, you you would have been old enough to remember the the David Cooper final. It was around the anniversary. Of, was it maybe the the twentieth anniversary? Um, and Rangers played Motherwell, and we really put on a both clubs put on a display for them. Um, that was such a, a special day, wasn't it? Absolutely, mate. And um, unfortunately, I never got to see him play for Rangers. He'd left Rangers by the time I, I was born. But um, watching videos and stuff like that, the guy was just magic. That cup final was great as well. And a lot of people, a lot of people forget it's Big Kiriago scored that cup final, which is a rarity. Oh, I shuddered when you said that name there, Kerry Icos. Jesus. Um, but Angels in Liverpool. I, um, David Hilton, he's never seen a more naturally skillful footballer than David Cooper. Privileged to see his Rangers uh, 
to see Rangers career and hi and Andy, I'll come to you. Um, also, you're a wee bit younger than us, and it was you who mentioned about the, the whole idea of Rangers legend. But um, as the representative of the the young team, like what's what's the name David Cooper mean to you? David Cooper is is what was the first one that comes to mind as legend. But to be honest, with with the way the word legend is thrown about these days, I, I like to go with the kind of way the football manager categorises club information for legends and icons. Icons is probably a better bracket for him to go into because if the club's going to have legends games where you've got Bruno Alves playing for Rangers, it's embarrassing because you wouldn't. I wouldn't have Alves and Cooper in a million years of or a million brackets of skill. I know they're centre back and attacking, but it's there is no denying that the guy is a Rangers legend. He's, he's an icon. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say legends to back up that kind of. Icons are legends, but he goes straight into the icons category with your John Greggs and Walter. I'd say. Hi, and I think it's it's the market of man how former managers and, and players do speak about him. Um, not just the talent on the pitch, but the like the character he was. And like Alan McCoy speaks wonderfully about him. I, I could listen to Alan McCoy read out the yellow pages. To be fair, um, there's not much he'll say that I don't really enjoy, but he does like. Is such a good rendition of like the stories and just how good a person David Cooper was as well. Um, so really like having that Rangers way of life as well as on the park. So we've got our first question in, um, and again, listeners, get as many questions in as you can uh, over the next hour, and we will we'll fire through as many as we can. David Tomlinson, I'll come to you first. So, D Mac. Guys, do you think we need one or two goalies? I'm two. So I'm guessing that D-Mac is saying he's all for two goalies and he's not two years of age. That'd be very impressive if he was on the live YouTube stream. But um, that is a very, very valid question, Davey. Uh, I think it's one we spoke about on the pod. Like all the podders have maybe had their top and swath in. How many keepers do you think we need in the summer? Well, I think Rangers need to decide what they're going to do with Robbie McCrory. Are they are they going to keep him or give him a, give him a chance, or are they going to let him go? I think I think a decision needs to be made there. Um, I personally never thought that he was good enough for the Rangers. Uh, Any time I've seen him, any time for the Rangers first team. Although he did play the the one game against Celtic, he did play quite good. Um, but uh, yeah, I I would. McLaughlin for me is just uh, not good enough for the first team anymore. The the shambles he had in the, the last game he played, and he had one in the beginning of the season that was a shambles as well. Uh, so for he he just falls away for me, and there's no point in keeping a second or a third goalkeeper that, that's going to be a shambles if he gets his chance. So we definitely need to get rid of McLaughlin. So if you want three goalkeepers, then then we need two in, in front of Robbie McCrory. So McCrory would We'd keep the third place and we need two goalkeepers in front of him. And then John McLaughlin, do, do, we need to replace him because uh, he's just uh, he's just proved that he can't, he can't do it. He's not up to the job. Chris, I'll come to you next on the goalkeeping um, situation. I think I don't think MD will disagree that we need at least one goalkeeper, but the question being, do we need two? Um, I... For me, I'm torn. 
I don't know if um, John McLaughlin is worthwhile keeping around as a number two and trying to feed Robbie McCrory into maybe more cup games. I do rate Robbie McCrory. Obviously, his injury has been unfortunate. So, do we keep John McLaughlin as a challenging number two, a two and a half, if you like, and Robbie McCrory coming in? Having said that, is that a lot of wages for somebody who's not got to play at all? What's your thoughts? Um, to be honest, mate, I wouldn't want to see McLaughlin and the Rangers go again. The last games was at Ross County, at Ibrooks and Kilmarnock away, where he's obviously been out the team for a wee while. It's his chance to come back in, claim his spot. I thought he had a disaster and sold two goals in the games. Um, I wouldn't trust him to do the dishes. Do you know what I mean? Hands under that safe. Um, for me, it's two new goalkeepers in McCrory. I want to, he needs to get a chance at the same time. Is there a reason we've not got now until obviously I've been always been injured, but if you get me. I, 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 you, and you broke up a wee bit there, but I, I think we get the point where it's, I, is there a reason if he is that hyped up um, in the in the youth system and thought so highly of it, Rangers? Why have we not seen more of him? I think that is a good point. And um, we're very much fixating on John McLaughlin here, but I think there is a question mark over Alan McGregor. I think we all, the majority of the fans do think Alan McGregor will be done. Um, but the more you see Alan McGregor, the older he gets, the angry he becomes and the more competitive he becomes. And also sometimes he is old man shouting at clouds. But I think there is that competitive edge. Do you see him, do you see him wanting to hang up gloves? I think there's only really one person that knows the answer to that. I think it's Alan McGregor. I think he needs to have a proper conversation, just a proper chat with himself, maybe speak to the manager, um, speak to other guys and they've been there um, that he knows and talking to, maybe not for goalkeepers, but guys that have been there maybe a wee bit too long and get get the, get a wider perspective, not just on a, the, the Rangers mad goalie that that um, we know him as. I th- Personally, I think he, it would be a good time to call it a day. I think you could make the argument that this season was one season too many, to be honest. Um, okay. It's tough because Alan, is a, is, in his day, is a great keeper. It's just, I don't know if that day has gone by now. Um, there's been times this season where we've conceded a goal and it's... It's been McGregor shouting at a centre-back, but then you look back in the replay and you go, could they have came out? Could they have maybe... Could they have done more? Um, and I, I know that's... I don't want to stick the sword into a guy who's who's a great servant for the club um, before uh, he left and coming back, being part of the 55 season. Um, he, he rightfully deserved that 55, the 55 title. Um, as I kind of... I think that's the, that would have been the perfect send-off um, not that he had to retire then, but that would that would have been the crown and the, the these uh either last the, the crowning achievement in his career. Um but now since we've we've had a, a poor season, it's kinda of gonna leave it on a sour note, which is a sad thing to say because he was been he was so good. You know, you think you think think of a handful of moments, sporting Lisbon, you know, the the, the, the Bremen, pardon me, not sporting Lisbon. 
the countless saves and old farm penalty saves, you know. My favourite one was in the 55 season where Griffiths hits a shot from outside the box. He gets a fingertip on onto the post that goes out uh, and he goes, I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. It's not, it's not a corner. I didn't touch it, even though he's made a superb save. Um, but yeah, I, Alan has to have a word to himself. I think um, the goalkeeper question has been a question that we've kind of pushed away for the last few years. And I think that's another shame, <laughs> shameful moment for, for Ross Wilson. Uh, because we should have had plans in place. We should have been keeping an eye on people. And we did a bit last season, but then we just we threw it away and said, I'll come back in our year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we actually do now that the time is now to make a decision, um, in my opinion, and not just leave it. Uh, it's the most... Um, it's, it's very... It's very Rangers S right now to leave these decisions right to the last minute. Um as we've seen with the with the squads. David, you really come in there? Yeah, one of the other things I was just just thinking about McGregor was uh I can't remember what game it was now, but we, we were uh we had a narrow lead and McGregor had hardly touched the ball all game and he went down for cramp with cramp to waste time. <laughs> that was quite funny. That was one of the one of the memories that uh, McGregor will, will, will stay with me. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, McGregor's been a great man for the club and he's, he's, he's done absolutely brilliant. Whether you could possibly keep him as a third goalkeeper, if we're not going to stay with Robbie McCrory, then uh, then, then I would go for that if we, if we wanted to stay on as third keeper. But, uh, because it's going to be quite difficult to get two. I mean, you're, you're, you're looking for two top-class goalkeepers and as a, a top-class goalkeeper, Going to be happy taking second fiddle. That's uh, that's that's the way you're going to bring in two keepers and say, yeah, you've got to fight each other for the for the place. It's going to be difficult. Aye, and that's that's a big part of the frustration there. The rebuild needed that we've allowed too much to be done in the one uh, in the one season. Um, we've got far too much, that, and we can't bring in twelve players in this summer and get twelve players out. It's no football manager. It won't work like that, but. We should never have been in this position in the first place. So, um, thanks to DMAC for kicking us off with that question. Chris, I'm going to come to you first for the next one. So, um, a gallant few member and subscriber, regular listener, Teddy Bear, he's asking, um, will we be a better team without Kent next season? Teddy Bear thinks yes. I'll put my cards on the table. I'm a big Ryan Kent fan. I don't think we are a better team without Ryan Kent next season. What's your thoughts on it? Live podcasting, folks, eh? That's show business. I don't think uh, Chris is having the best uh, connections tonight. Um, You're on mute, Chris. Andy, I'll come to you for kicking us off with the Kent question, mate. Um, I'll be a better team next season without Ryan Kent. I'm the same as you, mate. I, I like Ryan Kent. I've, I've always liked Ryan Kent. He had, you just seem like that English Prem kind of youth squad kind of winger you get from that kind of Liverpool youth team where it was the kind of the long sleeve, the gloves and the step overs. It just seemed like he was unbeatable at times. Um, and especially in that loan spell, they say don't fall in love with loan players. Um, but he was he was brilliant that time. But in that the kind of 
European resurgence going into that Europa League campaign. You know, I can remember, I say I can remember, like it was eight years ago, 80 years ago, 50 years ago, it was six years ago. Um, Rapid Vienna at home, and he, he took the ball. He was wearing number 26 that day because it was the season he just came in. He wasn't even 14. He didn't have the kit number 14 because it was Europe. And uh, two Rapid players came in and pressured him instantly, and he flicked the ball through the, the middle of them and jumped to the gap. And it was something that you'd... It just seemed like this guy had all the confidence in the world. You flash forward to now, and sometimes you see flashes of that Kent, and on that when he is in that mode, he is unstoppable. You know, I, I mean, I can't remember. It might be Chris who said after the the cup final at my first podcast. He said even some of the Celtic fans that he knows hate Ryan Kent. This they they have a fear for him, and I, I know some my school pals were the same. They went, "That Kent, he's he's tricky," you know, but. It's the again for the new contract thing. Yeah, I said it with Morelos in another podcast a few weeks back. I said you're paying for the idea of that Kent because you might not get that Kent. That's the difference. Um, I I love the guy, and sometimes you get a goal I brought against Celtic where he cuts in and he puts it in that far corner, or sometimes he kind of hit water if he fell out of boat. Um. The ball could either end at the top corner, it'll go into G or F behind the goal. Um, so it, it's the question is always time itself whether we can just players be consistent. Consistency has been our issues all through the, throughout the team. And Kent's just one of the players that gets tired with that brush because he does go from being a 9 out of 10 player to a, a 6 with a one week past. And it's, it's, it's perplexing. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's not a talent issue with Ryan Kent. It is a consistency. And there's a few folk in the comments calling it his contribution. And I do sometimes try and defend him. And it doesn't excuse his lack. It doesn't excuse his lack of goal contributions and assists. He absolutely, as a forward player, has to be involved in more more goals. But I think nobody recognises the the work he does off the ball and just keeping the shape and. I know, and I know effort and running is like a bare minimum, but he, he is very important as an outball and getting us up the pitch. Yeah, I like to be a kind of stat guy, but I, the one thing I don't have is the amount of outballs that go to Kent because he is so pivotal in the way we mm-hmm. we attack. It, even just the, you could say that the, the ball could go from the left side of the pitch to the right side of the pitch and it'll take four or five passes. Kent will just, Kent will just take the ball and do it himself. Yeah, there's no issue in give him the ball and he'll do something um, because everyone seems to do it everyone gives him the ball to Kent either out, out wide he's coming through the middle in, that, in the kind of two strikers in a cam position which is an interesting one um, the thing with for next season if we don't go with Kent first of all that's a massive loss in the amount of money we spent on him uh, and secondly it looks like that role that Kent has been forced to play the now will be the norm for next season and who's going to fill that gap? Are we going to bring in somebody that can play that way? Are we going to move somebody from another position to play that way? Could it be Cantwell, potentially? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a question that Michael's going to have to figure out. But um, I'd like to see him stay next season just for the sheer fact that if we we make a £7 million loss, then it's, un, it's indefensible. 
Davey, I'll bring you in. Um, I, I think there's, there's a few comments for and against uh, keeping Ryan Kent. And again, I, I'm firmly, I, I do want to keep him. I think he is one of the more talented players. What I do think is we need competition in that space because that's been, what, three, four years. There's no been any real competitor for him. And when he's having an off game, nobody replaces him of the same effect. But even that... If somebody is just pushing me to be at his best, I think that is a priority. Where do you sit in the Ryan Kent question? Well, Ryan Kent is a conundrum, isn't it? Whether, as you say, he's good one week and the next week. But the thing that, that um, I think you've got to judge them on is his goals and, and his assists are, are very, very poor. And it's okay doing stepovers and, uh, and all that kind of thing in, in the middle of the park. But if you're not adding to the team by scoring goals and uh, and, and giving assists, then then you're not really doing the work that you're brought in to do. Uh, actually, funnily enough, the the last few weeks he's been he's actually been playing a bit deeper, and I would quite actually like to see him uh, as as a wing back. I wonder if he could actually play play that position. So I, 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 between now and the end of the season, I might like to see him in that position. But I don't think he brings enough to to the to the detail, which is putting an awful lot of pressure on your centre forward, uh, and 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 well, probably Tillman as well, or the, the number ten to, to score goals because you know Ken's not going to do it. And at a certain level, I mean, okay, it takes two two people uh, to to guard them. But at a certain level, you're you're just going to say, "I'll oh, let him shoot," because it's going to end up in Rosette. Or a, or a fly past the post, hit the corner flag. You don't know. I mean, the, the only person that's got to get out the road of Ryan Kent's uh, shoots that doesn't have to go out the road is the keeper because the keeper knows he's safe. <laughs> so, so it's a, no, I, I, I think he's a, a, a really great player on his day, running and beating players and doing stepovers and all the fancy stuff. But what we need is goals and assists, and, and he doesn't produce that. So I'm afraid I would be, uh, or try him at wing back, or let him go. Well, on the subject of wing back, it's as if we've scripted this. The next question, I'm going to stick with you, Davy. Uh, give you the first crack at this one. Friend of the show, David Held. Um, oh, by the way, um, I've heard a rumour David Held is going to come on and do his best 11. I'm looking forward to that, seeing what he's got, obviously, for Mason. But David Held, um, he's asked, is Yilmaz good enough? He's not convinced. So, David T, what's your thoughts on that question? Is Yilmaz good enough to be the first choice left back? Well, I don't think we've seen enough of him yet to to, to really judge him because he's, he's only played a couple of games. The games I've seen, I was the, the the game before he was injured, I was quite positive about him. But the the with the with the goal at the weekend where the ball went down inside him, I don't know if you can totally blame him because I think Connor Golson was a bit late in stepping out, but. Um, yeah, he sort of a, just ran away and left his position, didn't he? So I, I sort of a blame him a wee bit for that. But um, I, I haven't really seen enough of him yet. I, I seen what I did see that he's, he's forward passing. He's got an eye for for a good forward pass. I think if if he gets in the team, gets some games, then uh, then then I think he could be a good player. His, his lack of height worries me a bit. 
because uh, I think balls at the back post are, are, are going to be pretty dodgy and we're, we are already dodgy with the corners and uh, so that, I'm, I'm pretty dodgy with that. The, the, I mean, I, I did see him once jump jump quite high, but obviously he was targeted by, I can't remember, was it Aberdeen that targeted him or some one team targeted him uh, and put, just kept putting high balls over to that side of the park? Motherwell. Um, was it Motherwell? Hmm. And... Uh, so I, th- I think teams will target him for that. Um, I think he's, he, he, run, he runs in an advanced position, so I think teams will try to get the ball behind them, which is probably a, also a job from for Davies. But that was, a, I mean, really, uh, Yilmaz and, and Davies should have really cut out that ball the weekend uh, against Motherwell for the I think it was first goal. Uh, they should have, they should have between them. Should have cut out that ball, um, and uh, yeah, you can't just go blind on on trying to play offside when there's midfielders going to come through as well. So it's a really dangerous position, and we'll, we'll probably lose more goals if we're going to play like that. As I, I know, I know we do play try to play high line, and I mean it's really the way we want to, to uh, play is, is get the ball in the other team's half. But it, uh, there will be chances. The other team will get by playing so a high line. But Andy, so, uh, Yel- Yelma's undecided. He's not. Play. I've not seen him enough to, to make a big decision on him. Such a politician, undecided. Eh? Uh, Andy, um, I'll bring you in on this. Uh, I can see, I can see why David Hales asked the question because the I think it was uh, his first start was uh, against Kilmarnock. Um, Van Bronckhorst rested Barisic for the PSV game and you know, Mazzy, he looked very forward thinking but um, there was a couple of times he, he probably made a few um, naive runs I would say and I think you maybe seen that um, against Motherwell as well what I would say I think he's a completely different type of fullback for Barisic um, I'm of the opinion that it's wait and see and I, I don't I don't think there's very many people writing him off. I think there's far too many people saying he's going to be a superstar. But and I've been done with that before. I thought Jeremy Clement was going to be the next Rangers captain, and look how that turned out. So, what's your thoughts on Yilmaz? Too soon to tell, or is he good enough? Well, I just checked. I was just checking quickly. Um, I've got it as seven games or seven uh, seven games slash sub appearances, and uh, a couple Champions League sub appearances as well, which. Last year, the Champions League, the better. The guy's 21. I, I want it the same age as me. I just turned that the weekend there. Um, where our left, other left back is 30 years old. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a whole different ball game between Borna and Yilmaz. Um, I, I like both of them. I think I, I like Borna. I've always liked Borna. I know he got a lot of stick at times in his Rangers career. Um, but I've always stuck by him. Whether that's because his dad might kneecap me or not, I don't know. Um, but Ridvan, I think, is a a kind of a new talent. I mean, he's he's highly sought off from, from the Turkish a Turkish perspective. I'm not going to say I watched the Turkish Super League. I think it is. Uh, I watched it before he left Bundesliga to come to Rangers. But I know I remember a lot of people saying, you know, he's doing he's doing really well for the the under twenties. He came through the under twenty the under twenties, the under seventeens, and he made a couple of appearances for the senior squad for Turkey. And you don't do that if you're if if you're just brilliant, no talent, you know. 
he, he, I think he's something. And, and Besiktas is an all right level. It's not like we're, we're we've picked from the English Championship where we like to do things like that. And I'm I'm actually a big fan of those kind of two deals, bringing Borna in from Croatia, the Croatian league, and um, Redvan from Turkey. I think that's two kind of well scouted signings. I think um, I thought I, I have to praise the the signings there. Um, I think Redvan has a a high upside um, and can be a star for us, uh, but he needs to. We need to keep him level. We need to just get him involved where we can. Now, because we're, we're in that unique situation where Borna has been a starter for the last how many years has that been? That's, but he, he's been there. One that was in fifty-five, and um, he scored goals, he kicks, he's on the set pieces. Borna is a big part of the way we play, uh, and to just switch him out, it will take some time definitely to to get him involved and to the best of his abilities. And uh, all things being being fair. Barisic has had a decent run since November. I, I don't think we can dispute that. And I, like, I've always been a big fan of him, but I heavily criticised him at the beginning of the season, and in my opinion, rightly so. But he's he's been decent. Yeah, I mean, he has. It's, it's not this. It's obvious he has his critics. <laughs> I think half of them sit behind me at Ibrox. Um, but yeah, he's, he has moments. I think he's going to get tired with the, the Celtic Park. You know that back post ball, a badder, a badder has him in his back pocket. Um, that, that entire game, I think, anytime that cross ball came in, I was worried because he just make, he doesn't catch that blindside run at all. <sighs> you could argue that you could argue why does the ball get there, but it doesn't make it look good um, either way. And yeah, yeah, he's had a couple of really bad showings that that's going to leave scars to his Rangers career. And I think when when there is those massive games where he's had an I made a big mistake, then he's gonna get criticised for it. Yep. Thank you for um David Heard for that question. Um very quick one, I'll answer this question. Robert Robertson has Chris um uh, called Fuck it on tonight's pod. Yes he has. Um he's having a wee bit of connection and technology issues so Chris will be back with you next Thursday, no doubt. Um hopefully with a um with a better a better connection. Um David I'll circle back to you for the next question, mate. The um, see before you go on, can I just uh, just stay because it's still a wee bit over Kent and Barisic still. I wonder if if, if uh you didn't have Kent in the team, if Barisic would have been so attacking. Because Kent does cover up a lot for Barisic when to let Barisic get forward, and that's just another another thing I thought about there. I, so, I, I think you're right. See, we can wind back. Um, I I don't see when you mentioned that. I don't think I don't see Kent and Yilmaz in the same team. I, I see Yilmaz as a wind back if we play three at the back. Yeah, yeah that's possible. There's just a, yeah one thing leads to another. I mean, if you look at the assist Borna Barisic has had. Uh, he's had some amount of assists and there's nobody got a better left foot for crossing a ball than him. But it's, it's the, 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 the ball that, that's his danger ball, let's put it that way, is the ball inside him down uh, in, into the, the, the corner of the, the 16-yard box. That's, that's his sort of a bad bad spot. That's where he gets picked out a lot. But um, no, Sorry, that just, uh, that just uh, entered my head. 
No, you're all good. So, next question we've got is from Nicholas Moore. Um, in fact, Andrew, I'll let you have a crack at this one first, um, Davey, last time. So, what do you think of the rumours that Rangers will sign Nottingham Forest player Ponzo? So, um, for anybody who didn't listen to the Daily News show this morning, why not? Pound a month. Subscribe now, folks. Um, I covered off the story that, well, why not Nottingham Forest um Centre half, uh, Ponzo. He's a left sided defender currently on loan to Coventry City in the Championship, having a very good season. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. By all accounts, personally, I think Nottingham Forest would want a few million for them. If they did want another loan, I don't really see Michael Bielta invest in the loan market for key players. Andrew, what's your thoughts on it? Well, I think for this kind of player, um, I think if we're going to make an investment in them, then we need to be sure about it. Because we have, again, the way you said about loans, I don't think that works. Um, we have had hit or miss from that kind of region, to come to mind. Joe Worrell, who Nottingham Forest again, he's having a clear resurgence. Uh, I think everyone thought he was <laughs> shit when he played for us, but here he goes. He's making a career at Nottingham Forest in the Prem. Um, then you've got others like George Edmondson who just didn't have it. Um, so I think you just need, we need to be certain if it's something we want to do, and we're going to be complete and upfront and say it's a player we're going to develop. Then we need to say this public so we know that this he has time. It's not gonna. You're not gonna. I think I seen somewhere that was three million pounds. You're not gonna get a centre back from England for three million pounds. It's the whole package at his age, and I, I think that's the only issue I have with it is that I think our our support struggles to give players time, especially in that those kind of younger guys, especially in that defence. You know, the defence gets is one of the most eyes on scrutinised areas. With, Tav gets it, Goldson's getting it, Barisic gets it. I, I like Ben Davies. Uh, I think he was a great signing. Um, so I think if you're going to have Davies and Panzo, I think that could be a good kind of rotational um, rotational partnership on that left side. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I like him personally. I, I, from what I've seen, he's left footed, you know, he's good in the AR, kind of, he, he could play left back um, for cover reasons. Um I think as long as we're, we're certain that we're under no illusions that it's not going to be a straight in the squad and he's going to be a star, he needs time to bed in. Um, just kind of 
going off the topic of the question, um, uh, a shout out to Cammy who's been a massive supporter for the pod, um, and he's you know he's really supporting us with the subscriptions and the wee donation there. Thank you. And there was another couple of people asking what are the podcast memberships uh, basically for. Wherever you're listening, yeah, you can either join as a member on YouTube um, or if you listen on Spotify or Apple, you can sign up to Acast or Anchor. And basically, it's a pound a month and you get all the additional content. So we do a, a daily news show Monday to Friday. Um, I'm up, with, I'm up with, with the Sparrows before work reading the daily record so you don't need to entertain it. I'll give you all the headlines, even the nonsense ones. And obviously there's one or two additional shows a week for uh, per week for members. Um, the last couple of weeks we've had Chrissy's Best Elevens, my 10 questions and an interview with Modest Ross as well. But we do really appreciate all the support you guys uh, give us. Um, it does go a long way. Ultimately, we'll try to get as much um, access to Rangers players and Ibrox as possible. I was back in the press room last Friday, hoping to be back in on Sunday. So, Davey, um, I'll come to you on the Ponto rumours. Um, for me, I I don't really see much in it, and I'm no, I'm no too disheartened if it doesn't happen. Um, there's mixed... There's mixed uh, reviews on Ben Davis um, in the comments. I do like Ben Davis, but I think we do need a bit of cover on the left side to centre half. I prefer the idea of Jake Cooper. I'm not going to say Jake Cooper's a fantastic centre half, but he's he's all that characteristics that we we lack in the team and that characteristics. The technical term is he's a big bad bastard, and I don't think we have enough of that. Um, what's your thoughts on these rumours of Ponzo? Well, I'm afraid I'm not up into the, the English leagues enough to know I hadn't heard his name until until about two hours ago. Uh, so I, I can't really judge on, on what he's like. Um, I think we do need to, to fill that position. I do think we need at least one more centre-back uh, because it's, 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 yeah, one gets injured, then then, then we're depending on an 18-year-old boy again. Uh, so... <sighs> I don't think um, King is totally ready yet. I think that I think we've seen that. So I, I think we do need a, an older head. It's twenty-two, an older head. Well, it's, it's a lot more experience than somebody of eighteen. So I, I think we, we do need to bring in somebody, and then slowly bring uh, King in. I think uh, hopefully King will be a, a brilliant player in the in the future. But it's just uh, the, the the step up is really really big. Um, but I, I don't know the boys. I can't. I can't. I can't uh, judge. I said I only heard his name about two hours ago, and uh, and I, when I was looking up and uh, some Rangers things to talk about tonight. But uh, no, I don't know. So sorry, I can't help you in that one. No, and I cut off all game in the comments calling out. Hillander, um, it's a sign that he's grown. Hillander's contract is up in the summer, and I. I... I don't know, I think there's more chance of me playing at centre-half for Rangers next season than Philip Hollander. It's a shame, because uh, long-term listeners know I was a bit of a big Phil fanboy, but these things don't work out. It must be the call McDuff kiss a desk, man. Every time I back up where something happens. Um, David, I'm going to stick with you for the next question first. This is from one of our very own podders, um, uh, a, bit of, a bit of a famous character in the Rangers YouTube scene. Curry Muncher, so he's asking, 
What three players would you like to spend the night with for dinner in a bevy sesh? You can't pick Gaza, McCoy's or Walter. Who would you go with? Oh, that's a... That's a... I, well, I think... Yeah. Probably the, the, the ones I'm going to mention that I would like to are, are, are bevy merchants. Uh, there's Jim Baxter. I'd, I'd, I'd love to have been in his company. Uh, probably wouldn't have been home sober. That's, uh, that would be the, the negative side to that. Uh, Andy Gorham is another another that I would uh, I would really love to have been in this company because I think uh, yeah when, when when I was younger I, I, I wasn't had too bad a goalkeeper as well but I just hated playing goals. Um, so I, I think as a, a goalkeeper and I think he was Rangers best goalkeeper that I've seen. Uh, even although his, his size, you just wouldn't believe that he was, he was a top-class goalkeeper. Uh, I think that that's two. And well, yeah, the other, the, I'm going to give another two because one I've actually had a drink with is Dave Smith. Uh, Dave Smith, uh, I met I met him in Luxembourg. Um, he's a really great guy. So I've had a, I actually had a drink with him. And the other one would be Colin Steen. And after I could go through the wall. Actually, I would love to have a drink with uh, Colin Steen, Tom Forsyth. I, I love that. That's all my favourite players. So I was I was going to do a top eleven with you sometime. Uh, so I'm sort of naming them all off now. <laughs> I know, and it's just it's close of um, insight into that top eleven. Um, Andy, what about yourself? Um, what um, what players would you take out for um, a wine and dine? <sighs> I- I was thinking of it because it was a really great question. I was honestly thinking, you know, first of all, the one that came to mind is, is completely wrong given the, the quote he said. Um, his dad, Opusso, he was my, he was just, just as I was growing up, it was, I was instilled with the dad was my favourite. Um, I remember one of my first Rangers talks I have, and, he, and it was, it must have been just as I was getting into Rangers or going to games. Um, I don't have many memories of him playing, but looking back at highlights, I knew there was a reason why I had Purcell 9 in the back of my top. But I always remember the quote he said, it was a champagne is for women, real men drink milk. So he wouldn't be a brilliant a brilliant uh, drinker at the, on that night, but I he would be a great guy to just pick the brains off. He was a mad bastard. Um, you know, winning headers with bandages, be strapped up and still going for the big head on, guys. Um, who else? Um I'd just love to sit down and have just a, a, a meal with Stephen Davis. He was my, he's honestly, he's my hero. He's always, he was always just a guy I liked to, I never played a lot of football, but when I did, I was, I wasn't skillful enough to be a winger. Uh, I wasn't very good in goals. I wasn't hard enough to play centre-back, back could pass the ball. And, and uh, I kind of always liked to play the way that Stephen Davis played in the midfield. Um, he's just a great guy, a great, just a great gent. You know, um, I, I I signed one of my tops this year, and I honestly I was fanboy. And I actually, I was checking my arm, and I had goosebumps. Um, if I'm, I'm still a big kid, um, uh, a third one is a tough one. <laughs> a third one, there you go. Yeah, definitely a boozer. Probably Barry Ferguson. Um, again, uh, we don't need to talk about his issues with alcohol or certain Scotland events with Alan McGregor. Um. But you know, I, I, Barry was just another mad Rangers man bastard in the midfield. Um, 
from my, from my time period and before that, he was just a great player, a great talented youngster coming through the team. Um, Rangers ca- uh, captain. Um, I just remember him as the captain when he, in the second when Walter came back um, after Le Guin, which was just as I was getting into it, and he was the captain, so it was hard not to get behind the guy who supported the club um, from from my age at the time. So yeah, hard not to like Barry for someone my age. Um, I can understand looking back, especially in the press now, he's a bit of a, a pain in the arse, but I'll, I'll go and cheer him at the Legends game. <laughs> I still love him. We're fair uh, yeah, It's very, like, when we all talk about um, our earliest memories um, and first player, Rangers players we fall in love with, I felt like Barry Ferguson left me when he left Rangers. That's how much I loved him. Um, but, like, coming back and winning his trophy and winning that treble, I, I, despise him as a pundit man um, we spoke about that time time again on the pods but uh, what he done as a player you can't deny that but I, I was hanging about my three when you guys were talking I've kind of splitted I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a range, Rangers history there buff man like I've, I've read both David Hare's books and um, I'm, I love looking back into the archives and I'd, I'd probably go. I'd probably go two separate nights out. Like for actually just talk about different periods in Rangers history. Mine would maybe be Richard Goff, John Gregg, and Tiger Jock Shaw. Just the iconic. Uh, incidentally, they're all centre halves there, but just the iconic Rangers captains. Um, just for like in three iconic eras, I'd love to hear the differences. But if I'm going for a night you up that sucky whole seat, I'm probably... Uh, I mean, Claudio Kinija has to go up there, man. He's a mad <laughs> bastard. Um, and again, I love the guy. David Robertson, too. And aye, the, the goalie, Andy Gorham, actually managed to get a pint with Andy Gorham when Rangers played um, Rapid Vienna. It was in 2017. Um, basically met up, um, friend of a friend met up in... Bobby knew McCoy, so he flew over every day. Uh, no McCoy's going with him. Um, so uh, I was there just having a pint with Andy Gorham. Like, this is mental. And that reminded him of a story. I said, uh, You used to manage uh, the, the quarry bar in Rutherford. I grew up across the road. I was like, You, you fucker, you didn't serve me when I tried to get in. He's like, Were you underage? I was like, I was 15, but I looked older. He's like, He just grabbed a pint half the, half the bar there. Take that, shut the fuck up, and get home with it. <laughs> So that was me told after keeper. Um, brilliant. So, really good question for Curry there. Um, and some brilliant answers coming yes. through. And, uh, and, uh, that's another name up here, and they're calling Ian Durant. That's, a, that's another name that I would, uh, I mean, that, that was, uh, he, he, he would have been one of the best players in the world at that time. And unfortunately, yeah. Damn. Some basket up at Aberdeen uh, decided that he wouldn't be. Aye. I know, um, but uh, he's fully the part of Ian Durant, he would be a good one as well. Um, Did you not get slagged by, was it no running gag that you get slagged by Walter and Ali because of his his intern Rangers coach game? I think he played, was it, it was just after Le Guin got sacked or something? The Kilmarnock game, we got beat 3-2. Aye, I think, I remember, was it Ali that said it somewhere? But he would, he would never let him live it down, like, you, oh you fucked up mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that the banter that goes in and that, and I have to say, Curry's question, it, it was smart to take out McCoy's Walter, you know, because <laughs> it's hard not to just. I know he's a bit of an ass sometimes in 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 the commentary and stuff like that, but I love Curry personally. He's 
he's somebody that I, I, I could just sit and shoot the breeze with. Um, I know he's, he's well before my time, but it just seems like I, he's just one of us, you know. He just feels like that's oh, I mean, just man, I could just shoot the breeze with. So, uh, I totally agree. Um, I, I, you could listen to him all day. I said that at the start of the, the, the pod, man. It's just, you could read out the yellow pages and you'd be fucking captivated. So, you went, um, or maybe that's just my attention span. Who knows? Uh, next question, Davey, I'm going to come to you first. It is from Mac again, and he's calling out Kamara, Arfield and Davis. So moving on, do you think we need to bring in one or more midfielders? He loves Haji, but he has his doubts. He'll hold down a starting spot with Rashton and Camwell being on fire. So I think personally... This is my biggest worry going into the summer, the rebuild that we need in the middle of the park. Um, Arfield, Davis and Jack are all up, um, all out of contact in the summer. I don't expect all three of them to, to re-sign. I think maybe one of the three. I don't know what happens with Glenn Kamara. I'd like to think he moves on. So I think we need more than one midfielder. I see Hardy playing further up, but I think we're looking at least two midfielders in the engine room. What's your thoughts? Well, I actually heard a rumour today from one of the websites, I don't know where it was, that, that Galatas or I were in, interested in Hadji. But uh, you hear you, you hear things like that from Turkey all the time. Um, <laughs> I said it in the last pod, and you, you probably know where I'm going to go. Uh, I think we want to better the midfield. And for me, the, the one of the, the one I, I certainly would give Jack his place. Now, Kamara, for me, just wants to go himself. Uh, so, he'll, he'll go. Davies has, has had his uh, his last dawn, I think. So, I, I think he'll be away. I would give Jack an extension for a year, at least. Uh, well, starting with a year. And I'm afraid I would love somebody to come in and want some to be sold and uh, hopefully get some money for him. And bring in a, a, an improvement than in Lundstrom. Uh, I think that's just the, the way I would go. It. So if we're going to get rid of all the midfielders, we're probably going to have at least need two to bring in. And yeah, that's uh, that, that's my 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 opinion on it. So uh, I, I, a sub question to the question then, based on your answer, um, and I know you've you've never been a long term admirer, John Lundstrom. We've spoken about it many a time, you and I, on this pod. If we were to move on, for example, Davis, Arfield, and Kamara, can can we afford to lose another one for the midfield and going? No, afford to, but can we realistically move another one in and then replace all of them? Because I think keeping Lundstrom, we need at least two midfielders. We move him on. We need a third one, and I'll be I'll be backing ourselves in a corner with that. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I would I would rather keep Arfield for another year than keep Lundstrom because Arfield coming off the bank, coming off sorry, going to be a bit Dutch now, coming off the bench uh, is uh, is for me quite quite a danger, uh, far more than the, than what Lundstrom is. Lundstrom is a more a danger to Rangers than he is to the opposition. So. Um, I would rather have uh, Arfield kept and uh, give him a year. And Jack, as I said before, in the point, Jack on his day, Jack's the best midfielder we've got. So I definitely, hopefully, hope that his injury problems uh, are going to get sorted out. They said the last operation that he got that that it should help. 
So hopefully he'll he'll get past his uh his injury problems and we can get a good year out of him. But I would definitely keep Jack. That's uh as I say, I think he's the best midfielder we've got on his day. Andy, I'm not sure the opinions jumping through in the comments. Um and I think um, that that highlights really um like all the different combinations we could keep and sell highlights the, the size of the problem we've got. Personally I would move on Davis and Arfield. I think Steve Davis is a oh, fantastic servant to Rangers, but I don't think he's got to come back the same player. And we, it sounds brutal, but we do need players to consistently add value to the squad. Arfield, I think he, he can have an impact off the bench, but I think we need we need players to have more of an impact further than 20 minutes. So for me, I would like to move on Kamara and get a bit of money back, keep Jack and Lundstrom, Ration and Camwell and add the two in. But where do you where do you fall on this one? Uh, yeah, I'll start with Stevie Davis at Father Time, I think, has got some. And it's, as much as it pains me to say it, because even like, the 55 season, it looked like you were still getting that 24, 25, three-year-old, you know, he, he, he didn't look <laughs> that far off where he was. I know that when he first came back on the loan spell, he looked a wee bit shaky at the start, but he then grew back into the Stephen Davis that we knew and love. But I think, yeah, maybe starting to question Alpha, big injury. Stevie, you've got a wife, you've got kids. What do you think? He needs to have it again. Same with McGregor. I think he needs to look inside himself and say, "Right, what what do we think?" He may speak to his family. You know, I, I think that's a, that's a main one for him as well. Um, I think I could out of the three, I can see him definitely. I can see him least chance of coming back. Um, Arfield. Um, I like Arfield off the bench. Um, it's a shame that he's went from being a good kind of starter to being a now a bench player. But you need to have depth in the team, you know, those bastards across the city, you know, they, they can afford to bring on somebody off the bench that you go, fuck, how's you know starting for them, you know and they spend a lot of money, obviously that's what happens when you spend a lot of money, is you get a lot of players in your squad, that maybe don't even get in your squad to sit on the bench um, I think they spent, they spent a, a nice amount of money on Haxabanovich from sitting on the bench for half the time um, but, but the thing is, he comes off the bench and he scores fucking goals, that's the difference you know and that's the thing I have to say with Arfield is I know he, he comes off the bench, but like he won his Aberdeen, Aberdeen at Pitodry this season. You know, he comes off the bench and without that, we don't win that game. It, it's hard. It's the same way I think with Scott Wright. Is that Scott Wright seems to be better off the bench. You give him a start and he doesn't grasp the chance. And it, it's such a weird... In that 20 minute, I don't know if it's because the opposition are tired. Maybe they're, they're, they're hemmed in too much and they don't track him. Um... I don't know, a solid professional, um, but I'd say I can see us, if we're going to be hungrier and, and try and clear Deadwood, if you want to call it Deadwood, then I could see him going. And to be honest, Kamara, I'd, I don't know what's happening to Glenn Kamara. I think we left Glenn Kamara in the way like you pull. No, I think he left. we left him at the Ibrox after the Leipzig game, or maybe he got lost in Seville, I don't know. I, I've not seen that Glenn Kamara all season. You can actually you could read a script of what Glenn Kamara does when he gets the ball. He gets the ball, knocks it a wee bit further away for their man coming into him, circles back, gives it to the others at left back and jogs back to the middle of the park. And it's just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. He does nothing different. He doesn't take on anybody. Um, this season, at least, um, he hasn't taken on it. I, I don't know what's happened to Glenn Kamara. 
to 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 think all the teams that were linked with them, how much money they were saying that we hope to get for them, comparing it to this season. The only good thing is we're probably not going to make a loss on them, given the fact we spent fifty grand on them. And that's what annoys me about Kent is that we've spent seven million on him. And you can say it's in the installments, whatever, it's still seven million pounds for a club that was in administration. That is a lot of money. And and we can't just push it aside as ah it's fine, we'll get by we'll get by, it doesn't matter. It's a lot of money. Especially when we have our brushes with financial fair play. We need to be wiser with this kind of thing. And I, it's so frustrating that we had so many. Morelos was such an asset. Kamara was an asset, you know. But I even born that once was like with Roma for some reason. And you're thinking, great, we get loads of sellable assets. And then you get rid of Bass, you get Arrivo, and you're going, right, who else is going to make profit on here? And and I, and I can see that the issue is, you know, we don't like Lundstrom. No, I like him. I know David doesn't like Lundstrom. But he was a free transfer. That's the market that we hit. We hit free transfers. And it, it, it can be it's so frustrating. But our hands are tied in these kind of situations. You've um, ah, you you've kind of righted all the the wrongs of old football there, and uh, but no, you, you make a few decent points, and maybe if we're being honest, with the size of the the rebuild that we need, maybe if there is an offer for John Lundstrom, with the financial fair play, maybe we do need to entertain it as much yeah. as it pains me. Uh, I've long term whistles know I've been a big defender of him, but maybe as if, if that's the case, if we do need to add funds to the rebuild for the financial fair play, once them come out of go. I tell you a point about Arfield coming off the bench and contributing and Scott Wright as well. My issue right now is we've wrote too many natural novels. Natural novel was a great squad player. Couldn't it start? And I think a squad needs players who can come on and impact off the bench. But we've got too many players who, for whatever reason, can't impact over 90 minutes. Came out of has never got to play in 90 minutes, realistically, but he's still on the wage bill. We've got Scott Wright, we've got Scott Arfield. Um, John Suter remains to be seen as well. So I think there's too many of them right now. Um, but I think we'll, we'll see what happens in the summer. Um we're going to start around my objects and we have one last question we're going to come. We'll finish it in a, a wee bit of a wee bit of a giggle. So Davy um and Andy, I'm going to ask you to give your goodbyes to the listeners and finish off with the last question. I'll start with you, Davy. Thanks for coming on. What is the most pissed you've ever been at a Rangers game or watching Rangers abroad? Don't get yourself to jail with this answer. <laughs> I don't. I don't really think I've been that drunk at a Rangers game. I, I, I know. I, I know. I was absolutely a, a Dortmund game. I went to. I went to see a few Dortmund games, uh, where I was an hour and a half on a on a bus before we got they got to the stadium, and uh, you had to walk walk over the crates of beer to to get to your seat. So <laughs> I remember that, but but I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been really drunk at a, a Rangers game. So. I, I think I'll put my hands up to that one and and say I've never been. The other thing I was going to say is uh, about Scott Wright being on the be- being on the bench or coming off the bench. Well, I, I think he really should, but the only thing is I don't think it should be eyebrows. So that that's uh, that's that's uh, I don't know where we get any money for him, but uh, I, I suppose uh, as, as they used to say, twenty pence and a packet of sheep is a packet of 
cigarettes. Aye. Yeah, cigars we go wouldn't be cigarettes, of course, but um no, that's uh that that's my but I, I don't think I've ever been pitched at a Rangers game. I don't I really don't. I can't ever remember being real drunk at a Rangers game. So I mostly came from came from house. Um I could just nick across in the ferry. And that I, I mean I left Scotland when I was uh when I was about twenty two. So yeah, I, I wasn't really the the stage of you know getting stumped out my head for for going to football games. But uh, no, don't certainly certainly uh, as I say the Dortmund games I, I, I was. But uh, no, that's sort of the only games I can think of that I've, I've done it. Well, um, it yeah, yeah, over. <laughs> yeah, <No>. well, <laughs> there's a, there's always a first time, I suppose. That's but. Uh, Thanks for coming on, Davey. It's a waste of it. It's, it's really a waste of of of, of the, the game going to a game and and, and getting getting really watered down. I had, uh... I had my season ticket through the third division. That wasn't a waste. Um, no, I I'm much rather no watching the game um, or no being coherent than actually having to suffer the sobriety of it. Um, but no, but as always, Davey, a pleasure having you on, my man. I know, Colin. Just to just to do uh, when I played amateur football. We used to, uh, I was playing at a lower level, and we always used to say, right, we'll go and watch the first team at two o'clock. And then when two o'clock came, we say, well, we'll miss the first 20 minutes. And then we'd say, no, we'll, we'll go at half time and watch the second half. I've never seen the first team playing yet. So that's the way that used to go. <laughs> Andy, always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Thanks for coming on. Um, same question to you was the most pissed you've ever been at a Rangers game? Well, again, mine's is, mine's is very boring. I've, I've never been drunk at a Rangers game. I don't drink that much. I'm, I'm a young guy, but I don't drink. Um, I got given a, a nice bottle of uh, Moe for my 21st by my uncle, and I went, oh, fuck, I'm going to do that. I don't drink. Um, but um, I, I can I can link, kind of link two stories. One of them is the closest is when I, it was for Leipzig last year uh, at Ibrox and I was in Greece at the time and I just found, I was sitting in the, the hotel bar because I, it was the only place I had Wi-Fi and I, I kid you not, when when Lundstrom scored that goal I ran up and down the bar, I did laps at that bar my Rangers top and I took a scarf with me because I knew it was I knew it was like, I'm going to be involved in this game I don't care what's happened the rest of that day that day's been chopped off you can, if it was a five night holiday, it was four because that day was chopped for Rangers, and I ran. I was swinging my scarf around. I can only imagine what other people were thinking. Thinking, what the fuck's this guy doing? Um, but I, that's that's the closest to, to drinking. Um, another one was, you know, it's another, it's a deviation. It's when I was younger. I, and again, I only turned twenty one, so I've not had a lot of time to to really get involved with drinks at football. Um, but it's a story that I like to, I, I like to. Remember, because my dad used to always tell me about it. Um, I had issues with my leg in the past when I was really young as a, as a child, and uh, in and out of hospital for surgeries and, and x rays, you know, the whole shebang. It was, I, I think I started from when I was about, when I was born to about 15. That was the whole kind of everything had to deal with this this issue. And one of the times I just, um, just had surgery to, to fix it. And uh, it was Rangers versus Leon in the Champions League, and uh, it was this is 0708. I, I had to look it up to make sure I knew which one it was. Um, 
and it was a 3-0 victory uh, in France with McCulloch, Cousin and Beasley scoring. And I remember that specifically, that game. I can't remember who scored because I was, I was still quite young. I remember it was a, a game we won in France against Lyon um, and we wheeled a, a telly into my, my, my hospital room to watch it. And all my family that were coming up to see me after my surgery were like, hey, what's the score? I said, it's, it's, we're winning the new, by the way. And I said, oh, that's great, man. And I ended up, I don't think anyone spoke to me to ask how I was. We were too busy fixing on the, the game, going, celebrating. Um, it just, it's, Rangers is, a, is that way, it's a way of life, you know. And it was, it's, I don't give a, I don't care. I'm watching the game. Have you got my get well soon card? I don't care, I'm watching the game. What a game it was, to be fair, mate. Um, I mean, watching that. Cruzan, uh, McCulloch and Beasley, I'm sure it was. Um, aye. aye, cracking game. It's something felt, uh, you, you felt you that night that something special was running at him. And aye, I suppose it did with that run. But thanks for coming on, Andy. Um, always a pleasure. Cheers, mate. I'm loving that. Loving being on the podcast. It's uh, it's great to speak, speak to you guys and get questions from the... The Rangers faithful, you know, it's uh, it's great, loving it. I know, and thank you to all the listeners. Um, I'll finish off. Um, there's probably more. There's, there's probably some states through the through the the journey. I like to call it. I don't really like the term the banner years because it's it was much uh, much more enjoyable getting tanked up uh, before going to Ibrox instead of watching. And Sebastian Forey and Ian Black in the middle used of the park. Used to drink that. drink at that point. I was fucking <laughs> fourteen, fifteen, watching my beloved Rangers take on fucking East Stirling huh? <laughs> of Ed- Edmondson Crabarry at that, or John Daly up front. You know, it's, I didn't have the, the crutch of being able to get tanked up before or after the game. <laughs> But mine's actually comes uh, a couple of years before. I think it was the 2011 season. Um, I just on day 18, and it was a, oh, every weekend, every weeknight as well. As a student, um, it was class. That um, student loan money went um, behind many a bar. So night before a uh, 12 o'clock old phone game at Ibrox, and I've went out to. I don't know, I've ended up in Annie's land, some party after the dancing, so dancing 80 o'clock, some grafty, like five, six o'clock, um, went to my pals house after that, going to the game, just kept going right all the way through, and then me up with my dad, I brought for the game, and I think I've said a few times in this pod before, uh, anytime I get home over, then it's, I, I like a good emotional hangover, um, a good greet, uh, some sort of chick flick, so I've got to the stage, I've not been drinking for two years, and I'm sobering up without sleeping alcohol starting to wear off. And Penny Arcade comes on. I just see Walter Smith. And I don't know what it was. He came out and clapped. And I just started bubbling. Absolute tears streaming down my face. My dad turns around. What's wrong? I'm like, I don't feel well, dad. Just leave me. I'll be all right. I've got a cold. Fucking middle, middle of August or something. The sun's splitting the skies. And hey, there's me, just an emotional wreck. Um, that's, I just couldn't contain myself, man. Uh, I, I still get a bit overwhelmed when I hear Penny Arcade now. So, um, aye, that was that's probably the worst day I've been in a Rangers game. And heaven knows what was yet to come in the coming years. But that'll do us for this, this evening. Um, a massive thank you to all the listeners and the subscribers. Obviously, um, Cammy um, supported the, the pod um, throughout the night again with that donation a massive thank you we do 
appreciate people willing to support the pod to follow what we're trying to do. Um, I can't thank you enough. So I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for the news if you are up for it. If not, we'll be back with a live stream on Sunday night, half eight. So until then, have a cracking weekend, folks. Take care. We are the people. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 